Welcome back, friends. Lost Scarf here, and it's time for Kirby's Dreamcast. Uh, here we uh, talk about everything Kirby, from the games of the anime to the manga and more. Kirby's Dreamcast. This podcast can be found everywhere podcasts can be hosted and on YouTube. The advantage to the YouTube side is that I put footage of what I'm talking about on screen. The YouTube side is especially worth looking at when we do the gaming episodes, like the Kirby and Forgotten Land review. For today's episode, I'm going to tell you about the first Kirby light novel, Kirby and the Dangerous Gourmet Mansion. The main reason to watch the YouTube version of this episode is for the illustrations they have in the light novel. Some are cute and hilarious. I'll be describing the images, but if you don't want to imagine what they look like, check out the YouTube version. So we're doing the Kirby light novels finally. My plan after this episode will be to review for uh, Kirby Return to Dreamland Deluxe, and then finally return to the anime to do episodes 45 and 46. They're a two-parter. So if you're looking out for those, they're coming. After those, I'll work on the next game episode, which will be on Kirby Star Stacker, so that should be fun. This episode is based on a fan translation of the light novels, since you can only find them in Japanese and French. I plan on reading the light novels myself in raw form someday, but it isn't today, or else I'd be working on this episode for months. There is a master list on Tumblr for all the Kirby light novels that have been translated. Unfortunately, I can't find a credit list anywhere, so I don't know who to credit for this one. This awesome soul who did this and a couple of the other books, I don't know who they are. Like, there's some mention of something they're not a part of anymore, but I don't know their name. It's weird. It's a weird name that does not work. So I don't know how to credit them. By the way, if you can read Japanese, you can buy them all on Amazon.jp. Just pay attention to shipping costs, because sometimes they can be pretty expensive. I physically own the first eight light novels, and uh, since Katakawa is the publisher, you can be sure you can buy these books anytime in the future. From book one to book 37, you can get them all right now. No problem, because they just print them whenever they need to. So here's the official information on the Kirby Light Novel, and that is they are their own canon, but currently Kirby game director Shinya Kumazaki says the Light Novel characterization of Kirby and crew are how he sees them in the games, so that's cool. They're all written by Miei Takase, who previously wrote the Sokoden 4 Light Novel. Being the Kirby Light Novel novelist has been their career since 2013, by the way, so that's pretty cool. This is all they've been doing, and they do it really well, and you'll see why when I talk about this first book. This light novel came out on the 12th of August 2013, and eventually got translated in French on the 7th of April 2022. It officially sold 1 million copies on the 24th of 2019. The cover is a colorful display of green greens. Kirby's hopping in the center with King Dedede mad and running at him in the background. Below Kirby in the image is Meta Knight waving at the reader, and Waddle Dee is holding a big cakey. At this point, it's Waddle Dee and not Bandana Dee. That'll change eventually though, if you're wondering. One last thing to note, the Kirby timeline is very different in the light novels. I'm not sure what the chronology is since I haven't read them all, but I think there is a chronology, but it isn't linear. They tackle the Kirby games in a different order, and the light novels also have original stories. For example, the first two books are novel-only characters and their own stories, so they're nothing like the games, but they do have game mechanics in them. The third light novel will deal with the Squeak Squad, and Return to Dreamland story happens in the 23rd book. But the fallout from the story game happens in the sixth book. In the sixth book, Magalore shows up and it's after they fought him in the games. So no one's happy to see him. So it's very interesting to see that introduction to Magalore for people who don't play the games. I'm sure that's gotta be nuts. The description for this novel reads, Kirby is at last novelized. Setting his sights on the feast, Kirby gets into a gourmet mansion's party, but something unexpected is waiting for him there. An original story that can only be read here. When you open the book, you get the table of contents and the chapter names, which I won't say to not spoil the story, but you can look at the YouTube version to see them as well as the illustrations. So the first page you see in the book is the chapters, like I said, and on the first chapter list, they show Waddle Dee tripping on a rock with King Dedede running behind him. And then on the second page, Kirby's happily carrying food. 
and having some crumbs on his face while Meta Knight is running behind him. The next page is the main cast page, which shows King Dedede, Kirby, Waddle Dee, Meta Knight, and a new original character named Miss Parfait-like. There's a short description for each of them, but they weren't translated so I have no idea what they say. So chapter 1 is titled Kirby and King Dedede, and it starts with Kirby looking up at the clouds. Specifically a cloud that looked like soft-serve ice cream. He thinks to himself that the cloud looks yummy and wonders if it's cold. And is it sweet like ice cream? Kirby then gets sleepy and takes a deep breath, but this breath ends up sucking in the cloud because of Kirby's power. The narrator explains that Kirby has a mighty sucking power. Kirby's surprised, but takes this opportunity to eat the cloud, and he finds it light and yummy. This activates his copy ability, and he becomes Cloud Kirby. The narrator explains that Kirby has the power to copy enemies. He sucks up. So Kirby has fun being a cloud until Waddle Dee wakes him up. Yep, Kirby was just dreaming. Waddle Dee wakes up Kirby excitedly because he's got big news, but Kirby doesn't actually register Waddle Dee yet. Instead, he looks up at the tasty looking clouds and regrets that it was just a dream, so he tries to go back to sleep, but his friend Waddle Dee shakes him awake. Kirby, of course, gets annoyed at Waddle Dee and tries to go back to sleep again, but Waddle Dee is adamant this news is more important than a nice dream. So, what's the news? Well, a lady named Miss Parfait Like just moved into the western edge of Dreamland, and guess what? But Waddle Dee lost Kirby's attention at Parfait. Now, Kirby's just excited and wide awake because he just heard the word parfait. Waddle Dee has to explain that there's no parfait, her name is parfait-like, but Kirby still misinterprets this, and Kirby goes into this fun word dialogue that I need to just tell you word for word. So, Kirby says, I like parfait, what kind of parfait? Chocolate parfait? Fruit parfait? And then Waddle Dee says, well, banana parfait's my favorite. They're great, I also like strawberry parfait. Green tea parfait is great too. I really haven't tried a green tea parfait. They're delicious. Next time, let's try some together, Waddle Dee. Yeah, let's do that. I tried to change up those two voices right there for you. So, after that, they show an image of Kirby and Waddle Dee happily holding hands and thinking of parfaits. It is really cute. So back to the dialogue, because it's still fun to read this to you. While holding hands, together in excitement, something suddenly came across Waddle Dee's mind. What were we talking about? Parfait! We really like them! Ah, that's not it. It's not parfait. But Miss Parfait Lake, we were talking about that. So on occasion, I'm going to give you the dialogue word for word because sometimes it's just really cute or hilarious, especially between Kirby and Waddle Dee. And I just love it. It's just so great. So that's going to happen. So Waddle Dee gets back on topic about Miss Parfait Lake and that she's rich and has a huge mansion on the bank of the lake. But Kirby loses interest because this has nothing to do with food. Waddle Dee mentions she's having a birthday party soon, but Kirby doesn't care and decides to try to suck up a cloud. So while Waddle Dee's talking, Kirby decides to try to suck in a cloud again. Waddle Dee keeps talking about how nice the party's gonna be, but Kirby doesn't care still. He starts inhaling cloud practice, because that's more important to him. So Kirby starts doing these deep breathing exercises to try to suck in a cloud eventually. And then Waddle Dee mentions that she's a huge gourmand, or gourmet, I forget which one's which, and has several personal chefs. Kirby still doesn't care, he's still practicing. Then Waddle Dee mentions there's gonna be a huge feast at the birthday party, and as Kirby takes in a huge breath, Kirby gets his attention grabbed by Waddle Dee saying feast, so Kirby turns his face over to Waddle Dee and yells, A FEAST?! And now Kirby is a good little boy, but he accidentally shoots out an air bullet when he shouts at Waddle Dee, and that powerful bullet hits Waddle Dee across the field, because they're out in the grass, and Waddle Dee cries out, "Wah!" <laughs> Poor Waddle Dee! So while Waddle Dee is rolling and bouncing around, Kirby's running right behind him excitedly asking about the huge feast. And unfortunately for Waddle Dee, he rolls and keeps rolling until he crashes into a big boulder, and that really sucks for him. Waddle Dee tells Kirby that hurt, and he admonishes Kirby for not being more careful with such a powerful ability. But Kirby's too focused on the food, and he keeps asking about the feast and what food might be there. 
Waddle Dee mentions he could have been hurt badly, but Kirby still is too hyped up about the food to focus on anything else. So Waddle Dee eventually gives up on complaining and tells Kirby there's gonna be so much food that hundreds of guests couldn't finish it all in three days. Kirby of course thinks he could finish it all himself. Then Waddle Dee tells Kirby he's not invited. Kirby, however, still isn't paying full attention and mentions that he ate 100 servings of curry rice one time in an eating contest, and that made him thirsty so he had to have 100 servings of juice, which surprised everyone. Waddle Dee says that's amazing, but the party's in an eating contest. Kirby keeps going though, and he says his mouth was so burnt from the spiciness he had to have 100 servings of ice cream too. So Waddle Dee can relax, Kirby will be fine at the feast. Waddle Dee tries again to tell Kirby he's not invited, but Kirby is still too excited and says let's hurry to the feast. So we're given an image in the book of Kirby excitedly running while dragging Waddle Dee behind him. His mouth is watering and Kirby can't wait to eat. So while Kirby is running full speed and dragging Waddle Dee behind him, Waddle Dee shouts that the party won't be happening for another week. But Kirby insists that he'll ask them to start right now. This boy. This boy right here. Oh my god. Waddle Dee yells that Kirby didn't get an invitation so he can't get in. And Kirby stops and asks if invitations taste good. This boy. Oh my god. Waddle Dee tells him invitations aren't food. But Kirby has already moved on to thinking about more food. So I need to give you some more word for word because this is so good. So Kirby asks, does it taste like instant noodles? It's not a noodle, but an invitation. I love instant noodles. What about you, Waddle Dee? I couldn't care less to talk about noodles, so... Huh? You don't care for it? I can't believe it. You don't like Cup Ramen? Kirby staggered with a bam on his face. Waddle Dee spoke in a hurry. Um, no way. I love Cup Ramen. That's a relief. The fish cake on the top is delicious, right? I ate one with a tempura once. Really? Does it taste good? Yeah, yeah, a lot. I want to try one. Let's try some together next time. Yeah, let's do that. The pair were holding hands together in excitement, but something suddenly came across Waddle Dee's mind. What are we talking about? Jeez, you're so forgetful, Waddle Dee. It must have been about strawberry shortcake. That, that's not it. We weren't talking about that. But short in... That's right, invitation. Trying to mix these two voices up as best I can, but they're two children. So I love this running joke. Kirby distracts Waddle Dee, and then they become two brain cells for a minute. Then Waddle Dee asks what they were talking about. And don't worry, this joke isn't getting old anytime soon. It's gonna happen again in other books. So Waddle Dee gets back on the subject, and Kirby asks how he can get an invitation, and apparently Miss Parfait-like only invites friends and famous people. So Kirby thinks, okay, I'm gonna go make friends with her, and sprints away. But Waddle Dee stops him because he has a better idea. They could become chefs and get invited to the mansion instead. Turns out that since Miss Parfait-like is having a huge party, she's recruiting every good chef in the area. So they want to get in, they'll need to come up with a great original recipe so they can try the food in the kitchen. Kirby's so happy he spins midair. They then decide to meet up the next day and come up with ideas for a recipe to submit. Waddle Dee then happily heads off to Mount Dedede to go see his king. The narrator tells us that Waddle Dee is his servant and has the king's deepest trust, and also that he's basically his errand boy and he does a lot of chores for the king and he pushes him around all the time. So, that's interesting. Waddle Dee has only been gone for a little bit, but he figures he should check up on his king, and when he does, he hears King Dedede yell, LATE! Loudly. Waddle Dee cowers in fear and says that he got lost on the way back, making an excuse to try not to get in trouble. But what Waddle Dee eventually realizes is King Dedede's mad because something else is late, not Waddle Dee, and that is the invitation for him. Also, the reason why Waddle Dee didn't tell him the truth where he was is because he knows King Dedede hates Kirby, and he doesn't want to make anything worse with that situation. The narrator describes it as King Dedede has a one-sided rivalry with Kirby, and that's funny. I find that very funny. So King Dedede's pacing around the castle and he's yelling that his invitation to Miss Parfait-like is late, and this surprises Waddle Dee, but also means he's in the clear. When Waddle Dee asks King Dedede if he's waiting for an invitation from Miss Parfait-like, 
King Dedede starts accusing Waddle Dee of accidentally throwing away the invitation, probably mistaking it for junk mail, and calls Waddle Dee mean things. We're shown an image of King Dedede angrily yelling about an invitation at Waddle Dee, but Waddle Dee defends himself, saying it can't be his fault because he examines his mail all very well, and the invitation just hasn't arrived yet. I'm going to read you this next part word for word from the translation because it is some interesting wordplay here. Your Highness must be friends with Miss Parfait-like. We're friends? It can't be. I didn't even meet her yet. Uh-huh. If so, then there's no way the invitation will come. You moron, who do you think I am? I'm the Gate King Dedede, ruler of Dreamland. The party can't begin unless I'm invited. I find this wordplay interesting. Waddle Dee says that they must be friends to get an invitation, but King Dedede hears it differently. And that's just an interesting mix-up they do there. And it is Japanese. Japanese likes to do these word pun uh, mess-ups like this. And we're going to get a lot of those in the books. By the way, all of my voices for these characters can be terrible, but as long as you can tell who's who, that should help. <laughs> so King Dedede is described as stomping so hard in the castle that it causes an earthquake for the castle, which is crazy. And then the narrator tells us that King Dedede himself proclaimed himself the King of Dreamland. The denizens of Dreamland see him as a glutton and a bothersome neighbor who's living in a castle on top of a mountain. So that's cool to know. So what are the reasons that there's no way King Dedede would get an invitation? Miss Parfait-like just moved into Dreamland, so she'd never have met King Dedede yet, and the fame of King Dedede is more likely infamy. So, Waddle Dee just thinks he's never going to get an invitation, but he just can't tell the king that because that would be, you know, heartbreaking. The narrator tells us that Waddle Dee endures his hardships under King Dedede because he looks up to him. The king may be selfish and harsh to others, but Waddle Dee sees King Dedede's deep empathy and manliness. King Dedede has actually saved Waddle Dee many times as well, apparently. So Waddle Dee supports his king by just not saying he doesn't expect an invitation to come in and just asks, where is that invitation? It's got to be here eventually. But ultimately, King Dedede blames the mailman and then asks Waddle Dee for his opinion on something. King Dedede enjoys his fashion and wants Waddle Dee's opinion on his party outfits. Should King Dedede wear his sequin suit or his full body spandex with a plume? Waddle Dee answers, yes? Which makes me laugh. Like, that's not an answer. And King Dedede doesn't like that answer either. He's like, that's not an answer. Actually pick something. This goes on for a bit, and Waddle Dee compliments King Dedede's fashion, which lifts his spirits. Waddle Dee's a good boy. <laughs> Despite the fact Waddle Dee lies a bunch to help his king feel better, King Dedede compliments Waddle Dee for being so honest. <laughs> I guess it's all the truth to you if you like what you hear. The whole situation is Waddle Dee speaking in half-truths to keep his king happy, and Waddle Dee trying to maintain his innocence. Then this little exchange happens, and this is great. Holding the sequin suit and spandex back and forth to his body, the king looked in the mirror. This suit is the one with higher quality, but wouldn't the spandex appeal more to my charm? Uh, any one of them are great? Good grief, this is difficult even for my amazing fashion sense. Whichever clothing it is, they all feel so stylish. Yeah, yes, uh, this is a difficult matter at hand. King Dedede's in a better mood, and he can't wait to go to the party at this point. So we see an image of Waddle Dee looking anxious because he knows the king isn't going to get an invitation, and he's going to be furious. So that's the end of chapter one. It's interesting how a bunch of game elements are introduced narratively. They mention Kirby's various powers and take the time to mention Kirby can spin midair. King Dedede is also described with lots of powerful language to let the reader know that King Dedede is strong. Kirby definitely comes off as a little bratty, especially with him ignoring Waddle Dee's pain. But I guess it's all in good fun, right? If you wanted to argue Kirby has ADHD, this light novel is probably good for that argument because he only cares about food and gets easily distracted on other subjects. Like, you could also argue he's just written as a child, though. Lots of children have one-track minds like this, too. Hyperfixation something kids do, and also people with ADHD do. So it could go either way. 
Chapter 2 is titled, For the Party. It takes place the next morning and Waddle Dee is super pumped for the day. He couldn't sleep because of all the tasty recipe ideas he had, but before running out to see Kirby, he figures he should visit his king first. But the king just ignores him. Why? Because King Diddy is staring out the window with his binoculars. Why? Because that Kirby's up to no good is what King Diddy thinks. Kirby is excitedly jumping around and putting ingredients in a bowl and whisking them together with a huge whisk in the field, just out in the open. Waddle Dee can tell Kirby's trying to invent a recipe, but King Diddy thinks Kirby's trying to rebel and blow up the castle. He thinks it's gunpowder in a bowl, apparently. So what does King Diddy do? He orders Waddle Dee to go deal with Kirby and kicks him out of the castle. That's what he does. So some time passes and Waddle Dee gets to Kirby. He knows the king is watching, so he tries to whisper to Kirby and not look too friendly. Waddle Dee announces to Kirby that he'll have to not make a recipe with Kirby because he doesn't want King Dee to find out they're friends. Kirby doesn't mind though because he's confident he can make something amazing on his own, so Waddle Dee's curious, what is he making? And Kirby calls it the super lavish, sweet special heaped up Kirby cake. And Waddle Dee says, that's a cake? So the image we see is Kirby excitedly throwing ingredients into a mixing bowl while Waddle Dee looks distressed. And you'll know why when you see the ingredients in the image, or from this dialogue I'm gonna tell you right now word for word because it is amazing. Waddle Dee nervously asked, What are the ingredients? First is the flour and then butter. Uh-huh. Eggs, milk, and sugar. That's not all, is it? What, what did you put in addition? Hmm, it was orange juice, apple juice, and maple syrup. Y yeah and after that... And then miso and soy sauce. Huh? Afterwards, cola, chili pepper, oolong tea, sesame oil, and grated garlic. In the cake? Yep. Then I put natto, mayonnaise, ponzu, chili oil, and enough. To sum it up, it seems he ended up putting anything he could think of. Waddle Dee wanted to cry. Why the heck didn't you stop at the maple syrup? Why on earth did you put that stuff like chili oil, grated garlic, or natto? Huh? You don't like chili oil, Waddle Dee? Don't you dip gyoza without chili oils? It does taste good if you dip gyoza on it, but this is a cake, not gyoza. You also hate garlic? Even natto? I can't believe it! I don't... I don't hate it, but... What a relief! You aren't picky, just like me! But... but this is... uh... I'll let you try some when it's done, Waddle Dee. Look forward to it! Kirby is full of confidence. Waddle Dee left the place while staggering. I could not stop laughing at this part of the story. Can you believe it? Kirby is such a silly boy. So silly. So silly. So Kirby, despite being a huge food eater, doesn't realize that you shouldn't combine everything you like into one recipe. Waddle Dee sadly walks back to King Dedede's castle, knowing that both he and Kirby will both fail to get into the party. And that's sad. When Waddle Dee returns to the castle, King Dedede is again complaining that his invitation from Miss Parfait-like is late. He jumps up and down in anger and it shakes the castle a little. Apparently, he already made appointments at the Beauty and Hair Salon in preparation. Despite knowing King Diddy won't get an invitation, Waddle Dee goes along with things and wonders why there's still no invitation. King Diddy starts getting paranoid and starts thinking Kirby and the mailman are colluding, so he orders Waddle Dee to seize the mailman and make him confess to where he hid the invitation. Waddle Dee, of course, doesn't want to pick on the poor innocent mailman, so he has an idea to try to help. He suggests that King Diddy becomes a chef from his parfait like. So I need to read you this dialogue because it's so good. How about becoming one of Miss Parfait like chefs? What? Um, to tell you the truth, I punished Kirby and made him confess. While inwardly apologizing to Kirby, Waddle Dee gave an explanation mixed in with a slight lie. That jerk Kirby seems to be scheming on becoming one of Miss Parfait like's personal chefs in order to sneak into the party. Since as that happens, he'll be able to taste as many dishes as he likes at the party. Taste as many dishes as he likes? King Dedede was mesmerized with drools, but quickly wiped off his mouth. 
But Kirby is making the field as an original cake recipe. He's planning for Miss Parfait Like to like it and become her chef. And finally he'll be able to taste as many as he wants? Darn, what a crafty fellow. I'm so jealous, why? To make such a clever plan. Waddle Dee then suggests that King Diddy do the same. But instead he gets filled with rage and Waddle Dee is called an idiot. The king raises his fist in anger and Waddle Dee runs for cover. He's the king and a king doesn't cook for others. So King Diddy orders Waddle Dee to become one of Miss Parfait-like chefs and then he'll help King Diddy sneak in the back to eat all the food. Waddle Dee doesn't like this plan at all. He finds the king's plan too simple-minded. Also, he was excited to cook with Kirby, but doing it under the king's orders? He does not enjoy that idea whatsoever. So Waddle Dee suggests that they get a pro named Chef Kawasaki to do it instead. And in this version, Chef Kawasaki is the best chef in Dreamland. So very different from the anime version of Chef Kawasaki. Since it was his idea, King Dedede orders Waddle Dee to go get Chef Kawasaki, but unfortunately for Waddle Dee, when he gets to Chef Kawasaki's restaurant, it's closed. The sign says he'll be resting for a while. We get an image of Waddle Dee curious what's going on with Chef Kawasaki. Then Bronto Bert flies in out of nowhere, and we get an image of Bronto Bert too, and he's cute as always. And Waddle Dee asks if Kawasaki is sick, and Bronto Bert tells him that Chef Kawasaki got invited to be an exclusive chef for Miss Parfait Like. So that makes perfect sense to Waddle Dee, and he learns that the place has been closed for days. Bronto Bert laments that the store might be closed forever, and that's a shame since he really likes Chef Kawasaki's cooking. Bronto Bert then flies away. So he just showed up for a cameo so that he could just give some information and then leave. So that's cool. It's nice to see Brown Bert. So that's the end of Chapter 2, and it's a lot of fun because of how insane Kirby's taste is in cooking is, and Waddle Dee having to be fake mad at Kirby. That's hilarious. Also, Waddle Dee lying about punishing Kirby is just hilarious. So hilarious. There's a lot of narration that is trying to make it clear that King Diddy is very strong and feared, but Waddle Dee reveres him for some reason. So it's an interesting chapter that's a lot of fun. And, oh my god, we have just got going. There are seven more chapters to go, and I'm loving this already so much. Chapter 3 is titled Copyability, so you can guess what's coming next. Waddle Dee's steps grew heavy as he knew King Dedede would be angry with him for failing to get Chef Kawasaki. So when Waddle Dee gets there, King Dedede is mad, but not at Waddle Dee. No, all his rage is at Miss Parfait-like for forgetting to give him an invitation and for hogging Chef Kawasaki. He figures Chef Kawasaki right now is cooking roast beef, whole roast turkey, salted grilled cow tongue, filet steak, hamburger, and so on. Yep, all meat is all King Dedede's thinking about. Then something unfortunate happens. King Dedede thinks that Miss Parfait-like wouldn't do something like this for his birthday, and Waddle Dee mentions it's usually just King Dedede's subordinates who show up. This angers King Dedede, who tells Waddle Dee to be quiet, and he kicks the poor boy. It's unfortunate how much Waddle Dee abuse is happening in this book, but that's the shtick they're going with here. While Waddle Dee is dizzy from the damage, King Dedede checks on his nemesis Kirby in the field. Kirby is piling stones together for something. When King Dedede has Waddle Dee look, Waddle Dee figures that Kirby's building a stone stove and it actually impresses Waddle Dee. Kirby's building the stove perfectly and yet he's gonna bake an awful cake with it. King Dedede realizes that Kirby's trying to make a recipe for Miss Parfait-like, so he wants that stove destroyed. At first he considers Waddle Dee, but looking at the pudgy little boy, he decides he needs someone stronger. He needs Burning Leo. Waddle Dee is against this, because Burning Leo is uncontrollable when he goes berserk, but King Dedede doesn't care and orders Waddle Dee to get Burning Leo and go. So then we hear Burning Leo say, Destroy Kirby's stove? That sounds fun! We then get to see an image of Burning Leo in all his glory. And Burning Leo is awesome, I love Burning Leo. So Burning Leo is really excited about burning Kirby's stove, while Waddle Dee on the other hand is really worried about him getting out of control and burning everything up. 
He constantly dodges flames as Bernie Leo talks, which is pretty funny. And then as they head off, Waddledee thinks to himself that he better get disinfectant and bandages ready for Kirby, and also a fire extinguisher. That's right, Kirby's best friend Waddledee thinks he's gonna get wrecked. Waddledee got no faith in Kirby, which is surprising. So in the field, Kirby excitedly places wither trees on the stone pile for fuel. He whips out a large match to light it, but then Burning Leo swoops down at Kirby with a flame dash. Kirby dodges in time, and then he dodges small balls of fire from Burning Leo as well. Kirby asks what's going on, and Burning Leo says that King Dedede ordered him to burn the stove. Burning Leo then does a flamethrower attack, and it scorches the stove black and turns the fuel to ash. The fire is so big it spreads to the grass and surrounding trees. Burning Leo then laughs in triumph as Kirby stares in frustration. Waddle Dee then catches up with them with a medkit and fire extinguisher and asks Kirby if he's alright and if he has any burns. But he's relieved when he learns Kirby has taken no damage because the boy dodged everything. He then goes about putting out the fire, which angers Burning Leo because fire extinguishers are his enemy. But then Burning Leo has an idea. He then orders Waddle Dee to spray Kirby and his match with fire extinguisher so Kirby can't make a fire. Waddle Dee is shocked and looks at Kirby, but for some reason, Kirby nods at him with a smile. Waddle Dee wonders to himself, does Kirby have a plan? In his mind, he thinks when Kirby says he's alright, then it definitely means that. It's always been like that, even until now. So he apologizes to Kirby in his heart and aims at Kirby's match. He's trying not to get Kirby himself, by the way, and Waddle Dee succeeds in only spraying the match. And Burning Leo laughs even louder and happier. He's completed his mission, Kirby's stove and match are unusable now, so Burning Leo wins. But now Burning Leo is overconfident, and he's wide open, all according to Keiki. Keiki means plan. Kirby bends back and takes a big breath with all his strength. Burning Leo at first thinks it's a sudden hurricane happening, but that's not it. Waddle Dee watches as Burning Leo gets sucked whole into Kirby's mouth. Kirby swallows Burning Leo and then closes his eyes. Then a gold-colored flame with a shining crown appears on Kirby's head. We're then shown an image of Fire Kirby. He's jumping in the air, and Waddle Dee is happy to see it. Waddle Dee then realizes, Oh yeah, copy ability! <laughs> oh my god. The narrator explains that Kirby has the amazing ability, which gave him fire since he sucked up Burning Leo. So with this, Kirby can now bake his super lavish, sweet special heaped up Kirby cake, and Kirby pulls out the pan with the cake mix out of a shaded area where he left it, and Waddle Dee is at a loss for words. Yeah, I was like, where was the cake? Kirby just hid it somewhere while he was doing the stove, and now here it is. Waddle Dee then looks in awe of how bad the cake is. And I need to give you this dialogue because the whole exchange is amazing. Uh, uh, I can smell butter, soy sauce, and natto mixed together. That's not all! I also put plenty of vanilla essence, cinnamon, and nuka miso! Yet you're gonna bake that? Uh-huh. It'll be the sponge base for the cake. After baking it, I'll top it generously and the cake will be gorgeous. These are the ingredients for the topping. Once again, what Kirby took out next looked like anything but cake ingredients. K Kirby, you're gonna place these on the cake? Yep, you'll help too, right, Waldy? Well, why would you put fried chicken? It's delicious, isn't it? Shumai, gyoza, pickled radish. It makes your mouth water, right? Next is sausage, chikua, tuna filet. In addition, I'll put plenty of whipped cream and strawberry jam. Ugh. Waldy covered his head and fell prostrate. What's wrong, Waddle I get it, you're really hungry, huh? Just hold on a minute, I'll bake it right away. This is just amazing. I love this dialogue. Poor Ronald D can't handle it. It is so good. It is just too good. We then get an image of Kirby breathing fire to bake the cake, while Waddle D watches. Here's the cool thing. Kirby is now an expert of the flame. So Kirby uses a strong flame where he needs to brown the cake, and a weak flame where he needs to thoroughly bake the cake. Kirby bakes the whole thing 
perfectly. Quick aside, when it comes to cooking, master chefs, it's all about temperature control. Once you know your ingredients, once you know your recipes and all that stuff, it's about controlling the heat perfectly. So this shows just how good Kirby is at cooking if it wasn't for his terrible ingredients. And Waddledy recognizes that. He is amazed at Kirby's expertise at baking, but it's a terrible cake. Waddledy realizes that if he himself chose the right ingredients and Kirby did the baking, they'd get in for sure. But all he can do now is regret that not being the case and sighs to himself. That is so unfortunate. And I think I might just love Kirby and Waddle Dee's dialogue because I need to give you this next part word for word as well. With the cake base baked, Kirby was decorating it one by one with toppings. Fried chicken, gyoza, shumai, whipped cream. Then Kirby said, can you help too, Waddle Dee? Top with the ones you like. Uh, um, I'm not really fit for cooking. No need to hold back, Waddle Dee. See for yourself. On top of decorating the cake with things like fried chicken, chikua, tuna, and whatnot, Kirby put a generous amount of strawberry jam along with honey. Mmm, looks yummy! In delight, Kirby did multiple somersaults. Amazing, this cake might even go down in history! J sure it might go down in many ways. Could it be possible that I'm a genius patissier? I didn't even take a lesson! So maybe it's natural talent? Oh my, I'm amazed at my own talent! J sure it, it might be. Perhaps King Dedede and Kirby aren't so different after all, thought Waddle Dee while hanging his head. With this, I'll undoubtedly become a chef at Miss Parfait-like's mansion! Yeah, it'll be great if you do. I should try some in immediately. You too, Waddle Dee. Kirby handed an extra large spoon to Waddle Dee, and Waddle Dee's face froze. M me too? Of course, since this is a cake of friendship between me and you. Uh, thanks, but you go first since uh, you made it. No need to hold back, Waddle Dee. Come on, try some. I want to go after you. Waddle Dee frantically turned his head. Kirby was puzzled. Kirby then said, Really? Then sorry, uh, but I'll try first. Yeah, by all means. Time to dig in. So Kirby takes a bite, and Waddle Dee watches while holding his breath. Then Kirby's pink face turns purple. Kirby's cheerful smile turns to surprise, and Kirby starts running around screaming and spitting out fireballs everywhere. Waddle Dee dodges the blast as he runs after Kirby, and Kirby eventually trips and crashes into the ground, and the flame crown falls off his head and Burning Leo appears where the crown fell. Burning Leo then runs away in anger. Waddle Dee is shocked, but then checks on his friend and Kirby staggers up. Waddle Dee asks about the flame crown and Kirby explains that once his ability falls off his head, it becomes unusable. So Kirby's back to normal now. Waddle Dee laments that Kirby lost his firepower, but Kirby's fine with that. He doesn't want to cook anymore. His cooking failed. So Kirby's capable of learning that he's wrong about something. That is very mature. Waddle Dee feels relief and disappointment. He's relieved that awful cake has been abandoned, but it was unfortunate how much effort was wasted. So Waddle Dee's plan has completely failed. Kirby and Waddle Dee both feel sadness and sigh while holding hands. But then something appears in the sky and suddenly takes up the sky. It's an airship! It lands nearby and the pair run over there! So Chapter 3 does more gamification in the story, and I like that they're doing that, but it is kind of weird, right? Like, they gotta make it fit because you know it's a game and it's a story and everything, but it just also feels kind of odd, but it is what it is. I really enjoyed this chapter since it shows Kirby is clever and has skill, but he's just bad at picking ingredients. Too bad for him there. Still, we got to see the copy ability and that was cool. Poor Burning Leo. Chapter 4's title is Meta Knight Appears. The first three chapters were a lot of fun and it keeps going with Meta Knight's appearance. So the ship lands and out comes Meta Knight. We get an image of Meta Knight waving at Kirby and Model D and it's cute. The narrator explains that Meta Knight owns the airship and that he is a mysterious swordsman who wears a mask. No one knows his face, birthplace, or past. He dislikes cowardly acts and teams up with King Diddy on occasion. 
No one knows where he lives, sometimes he's in dreamland, and sometimes he's not. Just mysterious. This totally feels like a nod to the fact Meta Knight is not in all Kirby games, just most of them. Like, that's what it feels like there. So Meta Knight came today because he got an invitation to a party. Kirby and Waddle Dee excitedly jump around and ask him about the invitation. Apparently he doesn't like their energy and asks them to stop jumping around at him so much during the conversation. At first they think he's friends with Miss Parfait-like, but he has no idea who she is, which means she invited him because he's famous. So Kirby says he wants to go, but didn't get an invite. Waddle Dee, thinking of his lord, mentions that King Dedede also wants to go, but he didn't get an invite either. So Midnight does tell them he has to come with a partner, but he doesn't want one, so... This is because he's Meta Knight and he's a mysterious and cool character, so he should always go alone. But Kirby realizes that this means Kirby could be his partner, and the boy jumps up excitedly. And we get an image of that in the book. It's so cute. Initially, Meta Knight says he doesn't have a problem with that, but can Kirby dance? Can Kirby waltz or tango? Kirby says waffles or dango? I love waffles and dango! <laughs> Waddle Dee, though, timidly interjects that King Diddity wants to go to the party too, and sure his king is selfish and capricious, but he is still Waddle Dee's precious lord, so that's why he's backing him up here. Waddle Dee wants both Kirby and King Diddity to go, because that would make them both happy, and he asks if they can both be Meta Knight's partners. Unfortunately, Meta Knight is determined to only have one partner if he must have one. And that's it. Not two guests, just one. But Kirby says King Diddy will just spoil the party. But the thing is, Kirby and King Diddy are both very stubborn when it comes to food, so neither will relent for sure. Still, Meta Knight thinks it's only fair to talk to King Diddy first before he decides on what he's going to do, and the trio heads to the castle. Over at Castle Diddy, the castle shakes as King Diddy gets even angrier because he gets the report from Burning Leo. Burning Leo cries about the fact that jerk Kirby sucked him up and used his fire powers. King Diddy then kicks Burning Leo in a fit of anger, and the poor little fireball runs out of the room crying. The trio easily dodges Burning Leo as they walk in, by the way. So Meta Knight greets King Diddy with elegance, and he talks back to Meta Knight, but stops mid-sentence when he sees Kirby. He starts to accuse Kirby of plotting to destroy Castle Diddy, but Meta Knight assures him Kirby is here because they need to discuss a certain woman's birthday party. We get an image of King Diddy surprised to see an invitation in Meta Knight's hands, while Kirby looks mad that he might not go and Waddle Dee looks on curiously. Midnight asks if he's heard of Miss Parfait-like, and King Diddy tells him she moved in on the shore of Lake Diddy. Midnight says he's heard she moved near the bank of a river in the western edge, which King Diddy says is named Lake Diddy. Midnight says it's the first time he's heard about this, and King Diddy shows him this map he made of Dreamland. Everything is Diddy on this map. Mount Diddy, Lake Diddy, River Diddy, Valley Diddy, Diddy Plains, and so on. Midnight notes that all the original names have been written over, but King Diddy changes the subject back to the invitation. I just like this quick aside to show just how King Diddy is about his kingdom. Meta Knight tells King Diddy that he's trying to decide between King Diddy or Kirby to take with him. This throws King Diddy into a rage. Meta Knight, thinking he made a mistake that a king's pride would not want to be a partner with a knight, and tells King Diddy to forget it and he chooses Kirby, who jumps up in delight. But just before Meta Knight leaves, King Diddy stops him. King Diddy meant he was angry that the choice was between him and Kirby of all people. He sees himself as way better than Kirby after all. So now we get into some shenanigans. King Diddy and Kirby both accuse each other of being so bad at party going they would humiliate Meta Knight at the party. So Meta Knight gets between them and suggests rock, paper, scissors, but they argue over that too! So Meta Knight decides to pick someone else, so they relent and play. But Meta Knight stops the match because King Diddy's holding a hammer behind his back. Kirby accuses King Diddy of playing to hit him during the rock, paper match. But Meta Knight also says Kirby was in his inhale stance too, so they're both being sneaky. Kirby says he was just taking a deep breath, and of course whistles innocently at the accusation. A terrible liar is Kirby. <laughs> Watching from the corner of the room, Waddle Dee nervously opens his mouth. That's right, they wrote Waddle Dee opens his mouth. Waddle Dee suggests they both go to the party because watching them narrow down to one person is a bit pitiful. 
but Med Knight already said he won't take them both. So Kirby suggests that he and King Dedede go, and Med Knight stays home. <laughs> King Dedede actually agrees with Kirby, and they hold hands in delight. But Med Knight interjects that it'd make no sense for him not to go, since it's his invitation. So Med Knight insists they finish hearing Waddle Dee out. Waddle Dee suggests they become one person. Since King Diddy is so big, he'll be the body, and since Kirby's so small, he'll be the head. With a cape and a cloth, they'll be disguised as one person. Midnight looks at the two of them and thinks it over, and he thinks it might work. They don't like it though, of course, but Midnight won't take them to the party otherwise. So Kirby climbs on top of King Diddy, and Waddle Dee gets the King's cloak, and in that setup, only Kirby is visible as the head. We then get an image of this, and it is funny math. Kirby plus King Diddy equals a confused Kirby on top of King Diddy. <laughs> Meta Knight thinks this might work and asks King Diddy if he can dance. He says he can and breaks into dance. Kirby screams as he tries not to fall off, by the way. Meta Knight then insists that they will be waltzing, so he makes King Diddy hold his hand so they can practice. King Diddy thinks it's a bit weird if it was two dudes doing an intimate dance like the waltz, so Meta Knight has another idea. What if they made the pair into a woman? But at first King Diddy and Kirby think Meta Knight's the one who's going to make himself into a woman, but then he responds, it'll be them because it still makes no sense. He's got to come there as Meta Knight, not Lady Meta Knight. There's a little more confusion because Kirby's like, oh, I want to see King Diddy as a girl, not realizing he's going to be a girl as well. So both King Diddy and Kirby don't like the idea of being a girl, but they both agree to it because they want the food. But we do get an interesting exchange when Waddle Dee gets involved. Despite King Diddy saying he doesn't like the idea of cross-dressing, Waddle Dee says his king sounds energetic about the idea, so he's being air about it. Sounds like King Diddy is secretly into it. King Diddy says Waddle Dee's imagining things and to hurry up and get their right clothes and cosmetics ready. So King Diddy's against it, but he has the material they need on hand? Very interesting. So Waddle Dee brings a dress, but King Diddy tells him to bring the dress with more frills. The pink one with a large ribbon. Midnight realizes and asks, why does King Diddy have dresses and cosmetics? King Diddy says he's a king, so he's got to be prepared for any situation. Midnight then shudders and says, I, I see. Oh, this is so good. So King Diddy gets in the dress and says it must have shrunk, but Waddle Dee says the king got bigger. So King Diddy, of course, asks, Did you say something? And Waddle Dee, of course, says, No, not really. So King Diddy starts really getting into it. He's showing lots of energy, he gets into the dress, and while he's doing this, Kirby feels sick. King Diddy starts putting makeup on, but Meta Knight says his face doesn't matter. They need makeup on Kirby. So Kirby's shocked by this very obvious revelation, but he gives in because he wants the food. Waddle Dee then expertly puts the makeup on Kirby. We learn from Meta Knight and Waddle Dee talking that Waddle Dee's actually gotten really good at this from doing makeup on the king. He has a complete cosmetic set with lipstick, mascara, and other things. Now I need to read you the rest of this chapter word for word because it's too good. By the way, I'm going to be doing four voices and they're not very good, but I gotta do enough that you can tell who's who because I can't just keep saying, you know, Kirby says this, Waddle Dee says that. So here we go. Applying foundation on Kirby's face, Waddle Dee then applied a pink blush. As one would expect, he's skilled with his hands precisely because of getting pushed around by the king every day. Rose pink for lipstick, purple for eyeshadow, and plenty of volume for mascara. All done! Kirby dashed to the front of the mirror, looked into his face with makeup on, and... At that moment, Kirby staggered, with his breath taken away. So, so, so... What is it, Kirby? So... Are you that, are you that shocked? It's not that much. So, so cute! Holding both his hands to his lips, Kirby jumped around. I couldn't recognize myself. I had no idea I looked this cute with makeup on. Kirby turned around and made eye contact with Midnight, who fell into silence. Hey, hey, you think so too, right, Midnight? What should I do? It's too cute. Kirby blinked with the eyelash that was lengthened thanks to the mascara. Um, it's iffy, but... Iffy how? Well, it might be cute compared to King Dedede. What did you just say? Do you have a bad eyesight, Midnight? 
Surely you know that I'm a hundred times cuter than this grossness. Who are you calling gross? Hey, stop arguing now. Uh, from now on, you guys are literally one in flesh, since you two will be one person. Kirby and King Diddy both begrudgingly stopped exchanging glares and uh, get to it. Hmm, I'm not inclined to do so, but it can't be helped. It's also I can go to the party. Yep, let's get along until the party ends. Alright, looks all good with this. Midnight turned to face Model D. Can you modify the dress so that King Dedede could completely be hidden? Yes! Also after that, prepare a wig to put on Kirby. Understood! I'll leave it to you. Midnight looked back at King Dedede and Kirby. His expression is hidden behind a mask, but a tremendously worrying aura is hanging over his whole body. Anyways, both of you, make sure that no one gets suspicious of you. I know that! You can leave it to me! King Dedede and Kirby both do a fist bump. They are in such sync that their tense relationship they always have seemed like all a lie. But now, how about we practice dancing? Yes, sir! In enthusiasm, Kirby once again jumped on top of King Dedede's head. Taking King Dedede's hands, Midnight started practicing waltz. One, two, three, one, two, three. No! You move with the direction that I'm leading. You're so noisy, ah, waltz is so boring. Dedede dance is much trendier and elegant. Be quiet and practice. On top of the king's head, Kirby was entertained in the beginning, but gradually became bored with nothing to do. Ah, uh, so boring, I want to dance too! You have the role of the head. It's better for you to just smile without doing anything. That's boring though! I got it, I'll just sing! La la la, what nice weather, what a nice breakfast, la la la... Stop singing! With King Dedede's dance not having improved at all, and Kirby's arbitrary behavior not having subsided at all, finally came the day of the party. So that's the end of the chapter. It's a bit rough having King Dedede kick his subordinates and all the arguing, but it ends hilariously strong. We're only four out of nine chapters in, and I'm having so much fun with this story. I hope you are too. It's just too dang fun. It's so cute, hilarious, and all these things. And I just like how they're just all kind of just dumb together, and Meta Knight's just kind of got it to work. And Waddle Dee tries too, but he also is silly at times. It's just great. It's such a fun dynamic. So chapter 5 is titled What a Feast, and this chapter is amazing! Oh my god, this one's so good! So Midnight returns at noon, and they're finishing getting ready. Kirby's putting on makeup and a wig, while King Dedede is finishing putting the pink dress over himself. There's a small opening in the dress for his eyes and his mouth. By the way, the narrator lets us know that Waldi did a ton of sewing to make this work. Despite that, King Dedede complains the dress is even tighter, to which Waddle Dee replies, I think you got just larger again. King Diddy asks, what did he say? And Waddle Dee asks his king to go on a diet. Oh my god, Waddle Dee has had enough of his stuff right now, that is great. Midnight of course is over this, and tells Kirby to unite with King Diddy already. So Kirby hops on top of King Diddy, and they put a large bow at Kirby's feet to hide the connection between the two of them. We get a wonderful image. Kirby has a big long flowing hair wig, and he's got long lashes and lipstick on. There's a big pink bow at the neck point, and King Diddy is in a very, very frilly dress. Kirby even winks at the camera to be extra cute. They're a very cute lady, for sure. Midnight looks at them and feels mixed feelings as he nods. They look like one person, at least. He hopes to the heavens this'll work out. Kirby and King Diddy, on the other hand, are super excited. Together, they name off foods they can't wait to eat, like Hayashi Chuka, tuna mayo rice balls, roast beef, steaks, and so much more. The narrator notes they're talking about food as if they've been friends since birth. That's the power of food for you. Midnight then warns them not to get carried away, and reminds King Diddy he can't talk since he's the body. Kirby thinks it's okay for him to talk, but Midnight says for him to not talk either, since he might blow their cover. Midnight will introduce them as a shy, reserved woman, so he can just be quiet and smile. Kirby finds it boring, but he'll do it for the food. Something I didn't mention is that Kirby is being very childish in these moments, like, oh, that's boring, I don't want to be quiet, and Midnight says, you'll do it if you want the feast. 
So Kirby reluctantly nods and says, yes, sir. He did this a few times in Chapter 4, but I didn't mention that, it, but it's like that. If you're a fan of Midnight and Kirby's relationship being father-son, it fits here kinda. He's the only one that appears to be able to wrangle Kirby in line as a disciplinarian. And yeah, it's hard to know if he's like role model for Kirby or big brother or what. Uh, that relationship, we'll see as we go through more books. So the trio leave Waddle Dee behind as they get on the airship. Kirby apologizes and promises to bring back food in a container, but Waddle Dee's okay with the situation. Having the king gone is more pleasing than having food, according to the narrator. <laughs> so I'm gonna need to read you this next part word for word because it's a fun bit of writing. Having the three on board, the small airship passed along a wide field, or plain Dedede according to King Dedede, and headed westwards. Outside scenery is being projected on the monitor inside the ship. Before long, a beautiful lake, or Lake Dedede according to King Dedede, could be seen. If it's a large mansion on the shore of the lake, then... Would that be it? Looking up at the monitor, Meta Knight was dumbfounded. Kirby yelled out in a loud voice, Wow, that's a delicious looking house! It was as Kirby said, Miss Parfait-like's mansion was an enormous sweets house. The white walls looked like a whipped cream, and the roof was like chocolate. Here and there, large decorations of fruits and ice cream shape would also stand out. Of course, there's no way these were actual foods, but the entire mansion was of a design heavily resembling a cake. Darn, not bad that parfait-like. King Dedede said in frustration, sparked by a feeling of rivalry. When I return, I'll also decorate Castle Dedede like a cake. You think I'll lose to you? I don't think such an excessive hobby is good for the building. More and more, Midnight seemed to regret attending the party. <laughs> So when they get there, Kirby runs off to the feast and has to be restrained by Meta Knight. Kirby then remembers he's the head and hops back onto King Dedede. Captivated by the feast, Kirby follows all of Meta Knight's orders as they get off the ship. They first enter the Sweets Garden, which is super sugary. All the plants and trees are growing cakes and candies. The flowers are made of syrup and sugar. There's even a melon soda fountain in the center. The trio are at a loss for words. If you've ever seen Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, it's like that. Then a high-pitched voice suddenly sounded at them. My, if it isn't Lord Meta Knight, welcome to my party. We get an image of Miss Parfait-like. She's described as a large, round woman in a bright red dress. Her whole body adorned with sparkling gems, and all of her accessories are shaped like sweets, such as candies and cookies, etc. Kirby whispers quietly that she's really round, and King Duty says he's one to say that. <laughs> Midnight scolds them both in a low voice. Midnight does the greeting and gives her a bouquet of flowers and thanks her for the invitation. She asks who his companion is, and Midnight didn't even consider giving them a name. So off the cuff, he comes up with the half-baked name of Dedebee. Quick aside, when this book first came out years ago, the English-speaking community called this combination Derby, and I really like that name, but it's D2B, so we're gonna call them D2B. Derby just sounds better in my opinion, though. So something interesting happens as they talk. Miss Parfait-like talks up how good all the food is, and they're welcome to have as much as they want. Midnight mentions how great Chef Kawasaki is. He's one of the chefs she hired for this party, after all. When he says that, her attitude changes and she makes a weird expression. Her smile disappears from her face, but eventually she recovered and says, Uh, um, my, I have no doubt on, uh, Chef Kawasaki's skills. I'm very satisfied. So we are reading a novel after all, and weird moments mean something. And so the question is, what does this mean? Chef Kawasaki got a weird reaction, so what's going on? Of course, the trio don't pick up on anything yet, because that's not too weird yet. Midnight lets her know that the people of Dreamland are upset Chef Kawasaki closed shop to work for her, and she laughs that she ended up making everyone resent her. King Dedede agrees and gets his foot stomped on by Midnight to shush him. Miss Parfait-like thinks she heard Dedebe say something, but Midnight assures her it was her imagination. Eventually, they move on to the buffet, and now here is the fun part. Midnight holds Dedebe's hand and walks into the buffet, and we get to hear the people at the party whisper about this. I must read you this word for it because it's just too much fun. Taking King Dedede's, no, Dedebe's hand, Midnight walked while the people around them whispered to each other. The voices reach his ears whether he likes it or not. 
Please look, it's Lord Meta Knight! Goodness, and I heard he dislikes bustling places. How unusual. Who's that woman he brought along? She's, uh, quite a large woman. Is she his friend? She might be his lover. Meta Knight twitched. She's Lord Meta Knight's lover? No way! Considering it's Lord Meta Knight, isn't it a bit suspicious that he brought a woman with him? I don't think she's simply his friend. Hmm, that is true. Could it be his lover after all? Yeesh, so Lord Midnight liked that type of woman, huh? Midnight was desperate in trying to hold his anger in. What's wrong, Midnight? Uh, why are you trembling? Let's hurry and get to where the food is, said Kirby in a low voice. Just now, I went through the greatest humiliation of my life. Huh? Why? Never mind. We then get a wonderful image in the book. It's DDB looking at Midnight confused while Midnight is seething with anger. Flames are coming off of him. It's great! So they get to the inner part of the garden, and the buffet is extravagant. Imagine a fancy buffet and imagine all the food in the world. That's this party. They have everything you can think of, and Kirby is, of course, in complete awe. Midnight asks Kirby to be elegant as they eat, no rushing off, or they might blow their cover, and Kirby, of course, agrees. Now here's the fun part. King Dedede can't give the food to Kirby's face very well, since he can't see that well. So that means Midnight has to feed Kirby. So he's forking food and feeding it to Kirby. The mental image of this must be hilariously cute. Kirby is of course a voracious eater, so Kirby keeps rushing Meta Knight to feed him more and more. So then of course, more gossip starts up, and I must read you this word for it because it's too good, so good. Once again, everyone that saw his current state gossiped amongst themselves. Please take a look, Lord Meta Knight is feeding his lover. Yes, it feels like he's having her say, uh, aren't they flirting a bit too much? Lord Midnight's cool image has been ruined, huh? While bearing the humiliation, Meta Knight continued feeding Kirby. Hey, feed me too! Naturally, King Dedede complained. Just wait a little. I can only feed you when no one's watching. That large tree shade should do it. Let's go! King Dedede dragged Meta Knight to the shade of a tree. In an instant, the whispers of others are spreading about. Oh my! Lord Meta Knight and his lover together are running to the shade of a tree! It's very lovey-dovey. And I thought he was cooler than that. I feel so disappointed. You gotta respect Midnight here. He's suffering a lot of reputational damage for his friends. A lot of reputational damage. Oh my god. So the next part is King Dedede making Midnight feed him now. So Midnight is getting tons and tons of steaks and throwing them into King Dedede's gaping maw in an opening in the dress. King Dedede says the steaks are cooked to perfection and delicious, but it isn't Chef Kawasaki's recipe. The sauce is wrong. It would have given it more richness if it was. Midnight figures another chef must have made the steaks, but King Diddy insists that no one is better than Chef Kawasaki, so it's a real shame. And this actually upsets King Diddy. So clue number two that something's going on with Chef Kawasaki. Don't forget, this book is titled Kirby and the Dangerous Gourmet Mansion after all. So both Kirby and King Diddy ask for more food, and Midnight grumbles he's not their servant while grabbing more plates of food. But then Midnight hears some gossip with his keen hearing. Some of the party goers are complaining about Miss Parfait-like, Apparently she took everyone's chefs, including the private chefs of other rich people. She offered five times the salary these other guys were offering, so of course the chefs would all come to her. Midnight wonders to himself just how many chefs did she hire? Then Midnight hears something else interesting. Each guest that lost a chef voices their dissatisfaction to each other. This guy's chef has the best whitefish menoir, but the one at this party isn't as good. We hear the same thing about another chef's salmon terrine, and so on. The guests complain that she doesn't know how to handle her chefs, or else each chef's best dishes would be here. Midnight also remembers what King Dedede said, and he wonders to himself, why would she gather all these elite chefs and not allow them to do their master dish? We then get an image of Miss Parfait-like laughing near Meta Knight. Midnight looks at her and thinks she seems like a nice lady. Is he overthinking things? He then pulls himself together and heads back to Miss Dedede. 
So now we're in the middle of the book and the plot thickens. I love this chapter because now the story's headed somewhere and we just had more fun at Knight's expense. Also a nice touch giving us info on the airship, like that it has monitors on the inside to display everything outside, and things like that. Also just more about King Diddy insisting on the names of things, that's pretty funny to me. So what's gonna happen next? So chapter 6 is titled, An Unexpected Case. So night falls and everyone is asked to go into the mansion to start the dance portion of the party. Midnight urges D to B to come along, but they don't wanna. They wanna keep eating. Midnight points out that they should pay better attention. They ate everything. There's nothing left. It's all empty. Midnight says, I heard there were enough for hundreds of guests, where even after three days they wouldn't finish it. But you guys ate it all in three hours. Holy crap, these two. Apparently they didn't take a break for those whole three hours, by the way. That's nuts. I enjoy me some food, but dang, boys, dang. So I need to read this next part word for word since it's so fun. Without a moment of break, King Dedede and Kirby kept eating the cooking, in which that appetite was enough to make all the guests tremble in fear. They would hear harsh words like, Could Lord Meta Knight's lover be a monster? Isn't her stomach connected to the fourth dimension? Everyone was afraid of Dedede, and didn't dare to come near her. Thanks to that, their identity wasn't blown, and their strategy was ultimately a success. In any case, oh, the dishes are finished. Or rather, you guys finished it all. No! It still isn't enough! I want some more! Yeah, I'm starving too! Just how far does that gluttony of you two go? Taking King Dedede's hands, Meta Knight forcibly dragged them inside the mansion. So inside the mansion, everything was fruity and sweet. The chandeliers looked like parfaits, the sofas looked like chiffon cakes, and the tables looked like apple pies. This lady was all about that food aesthetic. There was also a sweet scent in the air. Everyone was impressed with the mansion except DDB. The pair complained about the fact that none of it's real food. One of them even took a bite and complained that it should be even more obvious that it wasn't actually food. So it's time for the dance, but Midnight knows that despite the training they did, DDB would fall for sure and expose their lie. So Midnight tells Miss Parfait-like that they're not going to dance because Miss DDB isn't very good, so she makes him her partner. Now at first Midnight was going to decline, but then the detective part of Midnight activated and he realized this was the best time to ask questions. So he accepts. While they dance, the guests whisper and wonder why Midnight isn't with his lover. They also note it looks like she's trying to bite the sofa. We get an image of DDB sparkling and drooling because yeah, they're trying to bite the sofa. The guests note that too and say they're gonna pretend they didn't see that. So then everyone else joins in on the dance. While they dance, we learn that Midnight was too busy feeding DDB that they didn't even get to eat any food themselves, but Midnight lies and says that he enjoyed his meal. Then Miss Parfait like says this, My, I'm delighted that you said that. I have an obsession with cuisine. A meal that isn't delicious has no use in life. I always tell that to the chefs at my house. Midnight then wonders to himself, if she loves food so much, why weren't there any Master Chef recipes here on the party? He asks if Chef Kawasaki was ill, since he didn't recognize any of his dishes there, but Miss Parfait likes gets flustered and then says she better stop dancing with him before Miss DDB gets jealous and runs off. Midnight gets extra skeptical of Miss Parfait like now, so that's clue number four, something's up. When Midnight finds DDB, they are unsurprisingly searching the mansion for food, and specifically the kitchen, of course. And we get an image of Miss DDB looking around cutely. Midnight notes that the pair are perfectly in sync in search for the kitchen, as if they were best friends for ages. The pair continue to talk and are mad that Miss Parfait-like exaggerated about them being able to eat food for three days. And despite how huge and maze-like Miss Parfait-like's mansion is, the pair eventually are able to sniff out her kitchen. They then bash down the door and ask for more food, but to their surprise they find three fighting chefs in a corner. They cry out that they'll make whatever just for the lady to forgive them. After a gag about the fact the chefs thought they heard a voice coming from DDB's stomach, Kirby tells them there's no more food. And the chefs are crushed by this revelation. They thought they made enough, so the three chefs think they're doomed now. Then Midnight catches up with the pair and yells at them for causing so much trouble. 
He's about to drag them away until he notices the three scared chefs. They plead that they'll get more ingredients to make more food, even if they have to travel far and wide to get it. At first, Midnight thinks DDB threatened these guys, but it, both of them say they wouldn't do something like that. But before Midnight can figure out why these chefs are so scared, a loud explosion happens outside, and there's lots of screaming. So Midnight, Kirby, and King Diddy immediately head to the explosion. These three are heroes, after all. And this next part is amazing. So with the crowd in a frenzy, Midnight grabs a guest and asks questions, and he learns that some robbers came in while wearing black masks, and they brandished weapons, and they captured Miss Parfait-like and ran off. Kirby says they should go after the robbers, and Midnight agrees. And this next part needs to be read word for word because it's just so fun. Yeah, let's go, Kirby. Now that a case like this has happened, it isn't a situation for them to hide their identity. Yeah, answered Kirby, and he jumped up high, and at that moment, yeah, Miss Didabee's head is off. <laughs> She's without a doubt a monster. I knew that appetite wasn't normal. The uproar in the hall became even bigger. King Didabee stretched and stuck his head out from the dress. Ah, how refreshing. My shoulders were all stiff. Yeah, Miss Didabee's body is... Oh, if you look closely... King Didabee? Surrounding King Didabee and Kirby, everyone stared at them in amazement. Didabee was King Didabee and Kirby all alone? No wonder she looked like a monster. Why did they disguise themselves like that? More than that. Meta Knight interrupted everyone's question. Do you know which direction the robbers run to? Who knows? They ran away by breaking through that window, but we lost sight of them soon enough. So we see that people do recognize Kirby and King Didabee. That's good to know. So after Kirby washes the makeup off his face and King Diddy changes his back to his normal clothing, the trio runs towards Midnight's airship so they can chase after the robbers. When it comes to riding, it's a nice touch that the rider noted that Kirby and King Diddy changed back to normal, instead of forgetting to tell us and we think they're running around in drag the whole time, which would be funny too. On the way to the airship, they run to one of the robbers and they take his black cape off. It's Wheelie! Logistically speaking, how does a tire hide its identity? The narrator tells us that Wheelie is a creature that looks like a tire, and that they live in Dreamland, and their pride is their unmatched speed. They would sometimes also get pushed around by King Dedede too. When they caught up with Wheelie, he was scared. After King Dedede's interrogation, he becomes even more frightened. He's worked for King Dedede, he knows the King's ferocity very well. He tells him that they took her in a cave in the forest north. And then we learn why they caught up with Wheelie. He was there to destroy Meta Knight's engines. King Dedede gives Wheelie a death glare, and he cries out that he's sorry. We then see an image of Wheelie crying while the trio are talking to them, and a damaged airship in the background. With this image, we see that the airship is actually a blimp that looks like Kabula, but not his Kabula. It's not the Halberd. I wonder when we will see the Halberd, by the way. Not now, though. Midnight gets ready to repair the airship, but Kirby has a better idea. Hey, Wheelie, cooperate with me! Wait, what? One, two! <gasps> Kirby sucks in Wheelie, and a red hat appears on Kirby's head. We get an image of Kirby with a sweet new hat, while Meta Knight looks on and King Didi looks perturbed. Meta Knight asks about the hat, and Kirby says that since he inhaled Wheelie, he now has the wheel ability. Kirby then turns into a pink tire. Kirby tells him to tie him to the airship, and he'll pull it. King Didi doesn't believe it's possible, but Meta Knight believes in Kirby's power. Kirby's actually surprised to hear Meta Knight has faith in him. The two then board the airship, and Kirby struggles at first, but eventually pulls the airship at full speed. We get an image of Kirby's tire with a rope strapped around it. In tire form, there's a star on the inner side, by the way. So chapter 6 is done, and it's getting exciting. There's only three chapters left. What's gonna happen next? I'm happy to see more Kirby minions here, though. That's really cool. I guess King DDD minions. <laughs> chapter 7 is titled, The Real Miss Parfait-like. That title's got you curious, right? So Kirby carries the airship and almost falls off a cliff at the start of the chapter. The trio find a suspension bridge, and they move to cross it. But King DDD isn't so sure about its stability. Kirby says he's worried his fat body might break it. To which King Dedede replies that he has a nice body. Eventually they argue enough that King Dedede is about to attack Kirby, but Midnight breaks it up, saying they're comrades. King Dedede turns his back on them, 
but as he does, something whooshes over his head and he thinks Kirby tried to attack him. They then realize that a blade went over King Dedede's head and hit the bridge. Now the bridge is destroyed. Midnight draws his sword and calls out for the enemy to show themselves. So out comes a small warrior clad in a small round golden body of armor and a large blade on his head. We get an image of Sir Kibble in all his glory, and he's throwing a blade at them. Sir Kibble says he won't let them pass, but King Dedede immediately recognizes the kidnapper as Sir Kibble, and the narrator explains this is another inhabitant of Dreamland who also gets pushed around by King Dedede sometimes. They also tell us his blade is like a boomerang and can cut steel. Sir Kibble says that even though King Dedede is his king, he can't let him through, and he throws his cutter straight at King Dedede's head. Wow, going for the kill, right? Whoa! Midnight slaps the blade away with his sword. King Dedede then gets angry with Sir Kibble for disobeying him, but Kirby gets in the way and does a somersault. This makes his hat fall off and Wheelie appears. Wheelie is understandably confused, Sir Kibble was caught off guard by this as well, and with that happening, he can't stop Kirby from sucking him up. And with that, a new hat appears on Kirby's head with a cutter on it. He then spins and throws the blade. It looks kind of like a duck, which I find always so cute. And we get an image of that as well, and we see Kirby throwing the blade in the image. Then in case no one's read the earlier chapters, Midnight explains Kirby's copy ability. It's the anime all over again, guys, it really is. Kirby then looks at the tallest and thickest tree nearby, and Midnight somehow doesn't put two and two together and thinks Kirby's gonna make a house out of the tree. But no, Kirby checks the height of the tree and then cuts it down, and bam, Kirby has made a bridge. King Dedede begrudgingly agrees to cross the bridge with them, but he says he's not their comrades. King Dedede is so soon there. But before they go, he glares at Wheelie, which makes the poor tire faint. King Dedede is very upset with Wheelie, daring to defy his king, and he doesn't believe what's going on is only Wheelie's scheme. They must be plotting to overthrow him is what he thinks. But of course, Wheelie denies that, especially since it's not what he was doing after all. In the end, Meta Knight convinces Wheelie to lead him to Miss Parfait-like, and he does, while trembling in fear of King Dedede the whole time. Once they arrive at the mountain where the cave is, Kirby rushes ahead, but is urged to be cautious by Meta Knight. Kirby, of course, doesn't listen and gets knocked over by a loud yelling saying, Stop! Don't come any closer than that! The yell is so loud that Meta Knight and King Dedede cover their ears. King Dedede then recognizes who it is. Walkie, another inhabitant of Dreamland. This guy looks like a walking microphone. It's very silly looking. And we get an image of Walkie yelling. The narrator tells us that Walkie has a loud voice that can overwhelm anyone who listens, and he is also a subordinate of King Dedede, who gets pushed around by him all the time. King Dedede gets mad that another subordinate is a kidnapper, but Walkie insists there's a reason for it. Unfortunately, everyone rides in pain from him and trying to talk to them, so King Dedede tells him to shut up, and Wheelie does the talking and he asks Kirby to release Sir Kibble so they can explain the situation. Wheelie implores them that they have a good reason, so please release Sir Kibble. Kirby does so, but warns them he'll suck them all up again if they try anything. But Wheelie says they know they can't handle King Dedede Kirby and Meta Knight combined. So Kirby spins in the air and Sir Kibble pops out. This is how Kirby summons helpers and Kirby Superstar, so it's pretty cool to see them do it here in the book. Now here's something interesting that I wonder, if it was a translation thing, or if that's really what it said. When Sir Kibble pops out, he's mad about getting used, but gets soothed by Wheelie. And they mention that Sir Kibble's head is bleeding. Like what? Did Kirby get a bite in, or is it because of the, the blade, or what, what happened there? How, what? I'm really curious if that's really what it says, and I won't know until I read it myself in the raw form in the future. So time to learn why these guys kidnapped Miss Parfait-like. Indeed, he thinks they want a ransom money to rebel, but no, that's not it. They did it to save Chef Kawasaki. What? The trio are shocked and look at each other. Turns out that Miss Parfait-like is very particular about her food and flies into a rage at those who disobey her instructions. Turns out lots of chefs have their own way of doing things, and so she raged out and confined lots of the chefs inside her mansion. As proof, Sir Kibble gives them a letter he got from uh, Chef Kawasaki. 
Apparently he wrote the letter and threw it out a window and had it addressed to Sir Kibble. And fortunately, whoever found the letter outside did just that. The trio then start connecting the dots. This is why they didn't taste any of Chef Kawasaki's recipes. Why they only found three chefs. King Dedede gets filled with rage and still thinks this is some plot against him. King Dedede actually wants to hit Miss Parfait-like, but Menai thinks they should hear her out when they find her. They then hear her yelling to be released and threatening her captors in the distance. Kirby quietly whispers that she's saying some very scary stuff. And Menite says they must be hearing her true face. We then get an image of Kirby's trio and Wheelie's trio heading deeper into the cave. And that's the end of chapter 7. There's only two chapters left. This of course was the weakest chapter because they're setting up for the end with the whole thing. And the next two chapters are going to be very fun. I guarantee you that. But what I'm really curious about is the betrayal of things. So the author portrays King Diddy as violent and Kirby as bratty. But it's also weird to read that Sir Kibble was bleeding. That's very curious right there. Chapter 8 is titled, A Great Panic in the Cave? And this one is so much fun. Oh, this chapter is so fun. Miss Parfait-like was in the deepest part of the cave. She was tied to a big post, but that did not much to stop her, really. She was jumping up and down and shouting constantly, just in place. When she saw Midnight, her face sparkled and she started crying, acting like she was a scared damsel in distress. But then Kirby came into view and drew attention to the fact she was really scary a moment ago. Once she saw Kirby, she thought they were all in on the kidnapping and went back into her fit of rage. She even threatens to have them all thrown into a planet prison. We're getting some lore there. Midnight asks her to calm down, but mentions he has a question for her first. Midnight asks her about her chefs, and she becomes defensive and aloof, not willing to give a straight answer. Midnight asks her questions, and Sir Kibble accuses her of her crimes. She then snaps and yells at them that Chef Kawasaki is a third-rate chef. The three minions begin to rush her, by the way, but Midnight stops them. Midnight says he'll just search her mansion and find all the hidden chefs himself anyway. So Miss Parfait Lake starts to defend her actions. And this next part needs to be read word for word because oh my god. Now bear with me because my lady voice is terrible. She grimaced in frustration and shouted, So what about it then? I didn't do anything bad. You... are you still trying to play dumb? It's not something any of you would understand, the importance of foods. Suddenly Miss Parfait like puffed out her chest as if fighting back. Meal is the most important thing in one's life. Having your fill is what's delicious is the happiest thing imaginable. You're right! Kirby suddenly agreed, where Meta Knight then warned him in a low voice, Shut it, Kirby. However, Kirby didn't hear it, and Kirby said while bouncing up and down, I think so too. I'm the happiest whenever I eat. Oh my, I'm surprised that you speak the same language. She seemed to see Kirby in a new positive light. I'm always thankful for the chefs who make delicious cuisines for me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me three. Even King Dedede joined in. Sleeping is fun too, but eating is more fun. I know, right? I love eating. I'm the happiest whenever I eat fatty meat. Without meat, this world's a pitch black darkness. I like meat, fish, vegetables, and even fruits. I also love cake. You people are down to earth. Facing Kirby and King Dedede, she smiled. Truly, it's as you say. Delicious meals are the greatest treasure in your life. Uh-huh. For this reason, I can't stand a chef who serves dishes that doesn't suit my taste. Her tone suddenly became stern. Kirby and King Dedede zipped their mouth, both surprised by that threatening attitude of hers. Eating something that isn't delicious is the worst pain. It has no use in life. Um, well... A chef that feeds me dishes like that is no different than a criminal. It's reasonable for me to chastise them. And then Miss Parfait-like looked at Kirby with blazing eyes. You think so too, right? We then get an image of Miss Parfait-like tied up and angry while Meta Knight and King Dedede look at her in her state while Kirby's unsure in the image. I need to keep reading this word for word because the dialogue of this lady is wild. Kirby is troubled. Both Kirby and Miss Parfait-like love delicious food, but what the madam said feels sort of wrong. That's why I punish chefs that feed me those dishes. I'm not wrong, am I? Um, uh, but... 
Kirby's tongue was tied. It does feel a bit wrong, but he understands the feeling of wanting to eat delicious foods. I have no doubt on Chef Kawasaki's skill. I don't think that guy would have made a terrible dish, said King Dedede. Oh, but he did. He fed me an unbelievably terrible dish. What did he make? Steak! Kirby and his friends exchanged looks. Steak should be Chef Kawasaki's master dish. At first I thought it was delicious. For that reason I ordered him to make only that for three meals every day. Then the Kawasaki said, Eating nothing but steaks isn't nutritiously balanced. He talked back to me. Can you really say that's talking back? I say it is, so I threatened him, and he did cook me steak every day. Then in five days, the guy cooked a steak without any taste. Huh? I complained and he talked back to me again. He said, the seasoning is always the same. It must be because Madame caught a cold that you can't taste anything. A cold? Right, I certainly did have a cold that day. Still, that can't be the reason, right? If he's a first-class chef, he should be able to research a special seasoning for me to recognize the taste, even if I catch a cold. That's absurd! It's not just Chef Kawasaki, even the other chefs are all terrible. One chef said that pizza is a specialty, so he made one for me. It was so delicious that I ended up eating 30 whole pizzas in one go. 30 whole? Lucky! <laughs> Kirby and King Dedede's faces were on the verge of drooling. Then I said afterward, I would like a baked flan for dessert. It's my favorite, but I was so full and couldn't take one more bite. I was fuming, so I locked him in the room. I'm not wrong, am I? That makes no sense. Midnight shook his head. Miss Parfait-like, you are way too selfish. I ask to free the chefs immediately. No, it's not my fault. In that case, we'll search every nook and cranny of your mansion. Gah, I won't forgive you. Miss Parfait-like ran amok while tied up. Kirby became somewhat sad. If they were to search her mansion, they can rescue the chefs, but... If the person in question isn't remorseful at all, she'll undoubtedly repeat the same thing somewhere else. At heart, I think even Miss Parfait-like isn't a bad person. After all, she threw such a wonderful party and allowed us to take part in the feast. Is there really any way to make her realize her faults? But whatever I tell her, it doesn't seem like she'll listen. The audacity of this woman. The audacity of this woman. She makes no dang sense. It is amazing. So Kirby realizes he does have a way to reach her heart. Through song! He was so happy with his idea, he did a somersault. Apparently, he read a book one time where a princess wouldn't listen to anyone, but then someone sang to her, and that reached her. Evidently, no one's heard Kirby singing in this world yet, because Midnight notes they don't have a singer or a musician on hand. King Dedede then volunteers himself, but Kirby insists he's the one that should sing. He then sucks up Waki, who wasn't okay with the idea, and then headphones pop up onto Kirby's head, and he has a mic in his hands. Kirby now has the mic ability. Kirby then turns to Miss Parfait-like, who is puzzled by the situation. Kirby then realizes he's stumped. What song would work here? And Kirby thinks to himself, A song of breakfast? Isn't very moving. A second helping and undo? Uh, isn't quite right either. Is Lab's song of hungerness also no good? Hmm. Kirby then resolves to come up with a song on the spot, so he takes a deep breath and then sings these lyrics. So my singing as Kirby is gonna be terrible. But bear with me because these lyrics are hilarious and what happens here? Extra hilarious. Because we all know what happens when Kirby sings. Oh my god. Alright, here we go. 30 whole pizzas, ooh, 30 whole pizzas, I'm so jealous, la la la, I want some too. While Kirby sings, everyone else has to deal with the power of Kirby's tone-deaf singing. Midnight is unable to handle it and covers his ears. But Kirby is so into his singing that all he sees is Midnight trembling, which must mean his heart is being moved. So Kirby gets really into it, and the cave reverberates with the loud echoes of Kirby's song. The next lyrics are, For pizza, tomato sauce is clear winner, yeah yeah yeah, uh, after that, She's important too, ha, 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 ha. We get an image of everyone being miserable as Kirby happily sings. 
Med Knight and King Dedede are covering their ears. Poor Miss Parfrey like can't. She's stuck to the post. She can't do anything about it. That is hilarious. We also see the cave crumbling from the sound. Everyone screams at Kirby to stop. He's destroying the cave and them, but Kirby is lost in the song. More lyrics. Jeff Kawasaki's steak is the best, the best, the best, the best. Let's all try it, beef steak, without forgetting the dessert, la la la. Ice cream is my favorite, my favorite, my favorite, my favorite. Then a piece of cave finally breaks off and bonks Kirby on the head, which makes Kirby stop singing in confusion. The cave is collapsing, so everyone shouts to run. Midnight grabs Miss Parfait-like with the post and carries her outside. Boy, is that man strong. Wow. Now I'm grinning from ear to ear because this next part is amazing. So the cave collapses completely behind them. And Sir Kibble says while frozen with fear, You, you, Kirby, you are the strongest in Dreamland. Eh? The best? You mean my singing? Was it that moving? Kirby replies. So this is a Japanese pun joke. Strongest is pronounced Saikyo, and best is pronounced Saiko. So just that little Y there is the only difference, and Kirby didn't hear the Y, I guess. Every single one of them trembles with fear, including King Dedede and Meta Knight. Kirby's singing power is too scary. So Kirby gets sad. He then asks Miss Parfait like what she thinks and she apologizes for everything. She takes the blame for everything. She feels complete remorse for what she did from the bottom of her heart. And Kirby doesn't need to sing anymore to change her heart. That's what she says. And she starts crying and asking for forgiveness. Kirby looks at her in amazement. We get an image of Kirby looking at her with a confused look on his face while Miss Parfait like cries. Kirby then says, I knew it was all thanks to my singing. The power of songs is wonderful. I mean no hyperbole when I tell you that every time I read that line, I laugh and I get tears in my eyes. The dramatic irony is amazing. My mouth hurts because I'm smiling so hard right now. I freaking love this part in the book. I, it's so good. I, I can't. I just can't. Kirby is amazing. It's so good. Kirby then does a somersault and his headphones come off and Walkie returns. Walkie asks what happened and Sir Kibble tells him he was very lucky. <laughs> Sir Kibble then wonders what they should do with Miss Parfait-like, but Midnight tells him that rescuing the chefs is more important. Besides, Miss Parfait-like couldn't cover her ears. She felt the full force of Kirby's song. This hits Sir Kibble at his absolute core, and he actually starts feeling bad for Miss Parfait-like. That is the power of song right there. Midnight then says he has an idea, and the chapter ends. So we only have one chapter left, and I love this chapter so much. All Kirby fans knew something bad was going to happen when Kirby sang, and it did not disappoint. I have reread this novel multiple times, and I never get tired of imagining how devastating it must have been. I love how scared everyone is of Kirby's singing power. I love that Kirby now thinks that if he needs to truly move someone, he'll just sing to them. It's so good. And also, I just love the touch of... We see in the image, she could not cover her ears from Kirby's singing, and they note that in the story. I love it so much. It's so good. One more chapter to go. One more. Chapter 9. The final chapter is titled, Let's All Party! When they get back to the mansion, they free all the chefs. They're all weak, but they become lively once freed. Chef Kawasaki thanks Meta Knight, Kirby, and King Dedede, and King Dedede doesn't like the order, so he makes him apologize and try again. So this time it's King Dedede is first thanked, and then Kirby is thanked last. I need the word for word this next part because it's ridiculous. Interrupting what Chef Kawasaki was about to say, the chefs start clamoring. I was confined after being told that the way I sliced the carrot was 0.1 millimeter too thin. For me, she said that the soup was too hot, even when it's best whilst nice and hot. It was the opposite for me. I was told that my stew was cold, even when it got cold while she was absorbed in the magazine. Other chefs in unison started bringing up their complaint as well. The audacity of this lady. 
The audacity. Meta Knight then calms everyone down and asks them to cook their master dishes, but the chefs refuse and move to leave, but Meta Knight appeals to their pride. They haven't made their master dishes for everyone, so why not make it to show their appreciation of Kirby and King Dedede who really want to eat those dishes? So since cooking someone their best dish is what makes a chef their happiest, everyone agrees. Kirby then heads back to Castle Dedede to get Waddle Dee. Kirby tells him about everything that happened at the party, and Kirby says this, So you see, I put all my heart into it, and sang, so everyone applauded. Miss Pyfe-like was moved with tears. The incident was solved, and they lived happily ever after. Waddle Dee is confused by that last part because he knows Kirby is tone deaf. So at least Waddle Dee knows that. Kirby then grabs Waddle Dee by the hands and says they're going to the party. Waddle Dee is confused though because he doesn't have an invitation, but Kirby says he doesn't need one and they can go. Waddle Dee then thanks Kirby. This is a nice touch. The author could have just forgotten about Waddle Dee at this point. Thankfully they didn't and our goodest boy is now going to the party. So at the party, Kirby and King Dedede go nuts and eat a ton. Waddle Dee's eyes sparkle and he enjoys himself too. Midnight and Miss Parfait like sit together and eat. Midnight asks her how the master dishes are, and she pouts that she doesn't like how thick the vegetables were sliced. Chef Kosaki explains that he's trying different cuts for better texture. This enrages Miss Parfait like since he's talking back to her. But Midnight tells her, Isn't it better to savor and enjoy the food than to be a picky eater? Like those two. Midnight points at Kirby and King Dedede, who are indiscriminately eating everything. Midnight then realizes they're a bad example. He then says, If you scour like that, nothing will taste delicious. She gets annoyed and makes an angrier face, but continues to eat. Then a huge box gets carted over and Kirby gets excited. Turns out it contains a huge cake for Miss Parfait-like's birthday. And the cake is huge. It towers over everyone. It is big. We get an image of everyone happy in front of the cake, including Miss Parfait-like. It's described as pure white with lots of whipped cream decorating it, with a fine lace and topped with plenty of fruits. Kirby and Waddle Dee shout together that the cake looks amazing. Miss Parfait like herself is amazed to the point that her anger subsides. They give her a knife to cut her cake and as she does, pop! A sound resembling an explosion resounds and Miss Parfait like thinks they set up a bomb to get back at her. But turns out it was just a party ball containing tulip shaped candies. Turns out tulips are her favorite. So this is something that's more in Japan where they have these big party balls that pop and stuff comes out of them. Not really something we have in the US and I don't think Europe has it either. She questions why they would do something so nice and Chef Kawasaki responds that they originally wanted revenge, but Midnight changed their minds. This act of kindness changes her grim expression to a smile, and she thanks the chefs. Everyone then enjoyed more dishes, especially Kirby, and Miss Parfait-like became jovial and her face brightened. Eventually, she puts down her knife and fork and acknowledges that she lost her way. She let herself become picky and stuck up and wasn't savoring the cooking. She said it was a joy to eat with them all. Kirby and King Dedede both agree, but upon realizing they agreed to something, King Dedede says it wasn't joyful at all and Kirby said he didn't want to eat with King Dedede anyway. This next part needs to be read word for word because it's so fun. Stuff that, it's unsightly at times like this, said Meta Knight with a bitter smile. But King Dedede... From what I saw today, the two of you are made for each other. What? I would never with this chump. I'm not made for him, Kirby contemplated. But the two-on-one roll with him might have been a bit fun. Hmm, you say that's fun? That's because all you did was smile on top of me. My shoulder was all stiff. It wasn't fun? Hmm, that's hard to say. King Diddy also pondered. It was different than usual, so it felt fresh. Everyone thought we were a girl. And thought we were Meta Knight's lover. I want you guys to forget that. <laughs> Midnight said in a gloomy voice. In any case, how about you guys get along instead of constantly being at each other's throats? I'm not gonna be friends with him. Just this time, you know. But fine. Just this time, then. 
Hearing the two of them squabbling, Waddle Dee smiled cheerfully and whispered to Meta Knight, His Highness and Kirby somehow seem to go along together. You're right. Even if just a little, a friendship might grow between the two. Thank goodness. Miss Parfait-like then gets a big basket of rainbow berries as a gift for Kirby and King Diddy for saving the day. Apparently they're super rare, and they're amazing. They're big, round, and rainbow-colored as well. She meant to give it to the trio, but Kirby heard none of this and sucked them all up, including the basket. That's right. We get an image of Kirby having everyone mad at him while he happily sucks up all the berries. Well, everyone but Waddle Dee and Meta Knight. Those two have water droplet emojis. They're not mad. They're just like, ugh. Miss Parfait-like is too shocked. Those berries were each worth more than a diamond each. And Kirby ate them up instantly. Kirby does smile happily and pat his belly, and he says it was very yummy. Kirby asks for seconds, but Miss Parfait-like calls him a pig and becomes enraged again. But King Diddy rages even bigger than her. King Diddy then chases after Kirby, and they run off into the distance. That greedy little boy. Midnight and Waddle Dee both sigh. They thought there was a chance at friendship for a minute there, but nope. And here's the final paragraph of the entire story. Wait, today's the day I don't forgive you. I said I'm sorry, come on! It's uncertain when the chase between Kirby and Diddy will end. Today, too, Dreamland is at peace. The end. We also get a nice image of Kirby in color at the end there, the final page. So, it's interesting that the rivalry is one-sided, so it's always King Diddy instigating the fight between him and Kirby, it seems like, so that's very interesting there. This is a really, really fun and sweet book. The author did an amazing job of capturing an idea for each character. Kirby's a little too bratty and selfish, but it fits for a child. So we're dealing with a young, childish Kirby here. Maybe a little rascal Kirby is the best way to put it. All of these characterization is great. He's Kirby's best friend or brother from a different mother, basically. And he's, of course, a loyal servant to King Dedede. And he's just a jack-of-all-trades that can do a lot of things, and that's really cool. King Dedede is selfish and loud and brash, and yeah, that's definitely King Dedede. We also got inklings of how powerful King Dedede is, because he just shook so many things. And also, King Dedede is just so loved and respected by Waddle Dee, and I want to know why that is. And I hope we get something that really shows us why, because he ain't always nicest to that little boy. Med Knight is, of course, the heroic knight and a paternal authority figure for Kirby, and a friend for King Dedede and Waddle Dee. And I like all these characterizations. I also like the jokes at his expense. I'm sorry, but I love the jokes at Meta Knight's expense. They're just so funny. The referencing to the games can feel a bit forced, but it is to be expected if you want to make sure people understand that the author knows the games to whatever extent. The original character Miss Parfait-like is ridiculous. All the sporting characters feel right to me as well. Burning Leo, he he's a little bully hothead, was my favorite out of the sporting cast. I enjoyed so many laughs with this book. I've read it so many times and still enjoy it so much. I like that the world is so innocent while also housing someone so dangerous. Miss Parfait-like goes through a lot. Kirby, in a sense, tortures her into submission, but it is the forgiveness of the chefs that truly changes her heart, so that's cool. What did you enjoy about the story? What about the characterization? Let me know what you think in the comments. So that's it for the first uh, Kirby Light novel. The next episodes will be Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe Review, and the first anime episode in a while. I think it's been a year since the last one, so... Things happen, but games happen, that's what, what happens. We gotta cover everything, not just the anime. Share us with your friends, this episode was awesome, let's have some more people have fun with it. It's just so good, and maybe people will buy the books, and maybe learn Japanese because of this. It's worth reading yourself. I love reading it, and I can't wait to do the next episode on the light novels, but it's gonna be a while because we gotta cover other things first. I had fun, I hope you had fun too, and thanks for coming by, and see you next time.